Hello, welcome to the Honest War Game. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to Stream Sheet Day 400 and maybe 70? No, because we can't miss 469. Uh oh. I'll get back to you. We're close. We're close to the 469. Uh, <laughs> I did the wrong thing. Hey, look at my little fan blowing my green screen. That's fun. Yeah. Anyway, hello everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to the show today where I'll be discussing the battle pack for Age of Sigmar 3. Hey, Draconda. Uh, buenos dias, bromigos, freaks and deeks. Hello. Uh, hey, everyone in the chat. I'm going to say hello to all of you first. Someone who listens to the podcast doesn't like this, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to do it anyway because I get to hang out with these guys and talk. You guys should join us from the podcast or just stay hydrated. You know what I mean? Gazwell Trades, thanks for resubscribing. Glodan, uh, message me on Twitter if you need. Elite 4 Blue, yes. How you doing, baby? Um, uh, yes. Cruel, cruel for the Summer, Destro Lovato, is a great joke. I've been trying to make that joke kind of online all week. Thanks for bringing it up. Colorou, uh, I have 10 cultists to paint for your event on the 26th. Am I painting them? He is not. Time to magnetize raptors and warp talents. Come on. Come on, man. Get them done. Um, Bobbin has decided he's going to pick up three different boxes of uh, Dominion, which means he's a scalper. So get him, internet. Get him. Uh, which is fine. Uh, and uh, hello, uh, Rob, never look behind the curtain. <laughs> Don't look. Dave's now seen inside the box. Not as magnificent, the box, when you've uh, seen past the curtain. I'll see. Uh, hey, Wabadabo, happy to be here. Happy you're here. Um, big loves Rick and Smith, Gabawaki. I'll stay hydrated. Let's do that. Uh, let's go. Okay. Uh, have you tried a game of V3 or waiting for that special someone says Mandolis? No. Mm-mm. So obviously we've been super busy with the Super Series, uh, as is. Um, and then I have events this weekend and next weekend. So I've been mainly trying to keep, uh, and I've been doing terrain, desperately doing terrain. I think I might talk through the stuff for the Age of Sigmar 3 Battle Pack now, and then I might just hang out with you guys for as long as I, uh, as long as I desire uh, to paint up this terrain, because it's looking pretty desperate. I put a picture up on Twitter you guys saw yesterday, but it's looking pretty grim. For the for the kid from down south, oh, I'm not from down south, but you know what I mean. So I've got to get I've got to get a wriggle on. Is all I'm going to say. Um, shout out to the Goobertown Hobbies for making unboxing videos uh, a waste of time. Video, yes, meatballs, they are a waste of time. Uh, hey, Nurgle Matthew. P.S. I politely and respectfully reminded Calissimo to watch Peep Show. I saw you. <laughs> I saw you do that. <laughs> I think he's watching it from yesterday. I think that's good. Uh, is eight pieces of train in 2K more than it is now, says Pascu. Normally, at an event, you'd run eight to ten pieces. Thanks to Mike Oxlong for donating £2.69 to the show. That's very, that's super nice of you, man. Uh, that, thanks. That's hugely appreciated. Uh, that's uh, Mike Oxlong. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> You got me. I was like, that's... Yeah, you got me. Mike Oxlong. Uh, anyway. Fuck you bastards. Um, <laughs> so is Super Series still running on 2.0 next week? So the events that I have at the event now are just... Uh, at the arena are just singles events. No Super Series events uh, until I announce the next Super Series events. Uh, so they're just singles and team events. Uh, we have tickets. You can go and buy them on our Eventbrite. Um, I'll put the link up in, in, in a bit. Uh, if you guys want to, and we'll be running events all through the year at the arena that people can just come and play at, basically. Anyway, uh, 
Let's talk about this actual information. Start the nine minutes is where I managed to get to. So nine minutes for the kids. Um, uh, <laughs> Duffy is, is it true that Age of Sigmar got rebranded to Age of Karen with Karen being the winged stormcast in the box? I don't think so. Um, it got, it's like, I, I tell you what, I'm sick of all of the, I'm sick of the people complaining about people having dominion but sick of the people complaining about people having the like just everyone shut the fuck up like let's just talk about hobby is all i'm saying like and cruel boys and the fact that their war scrolls suck and how i can emotionally recover from this how can i financially and emotionally recover from my cruel boys for summer journey i super want to get into the cruel boys their war scrolls don't look very good i've got a long treatise on why Someone said, Rocking Rocky, shut the fuck up. You've only seen a bit of the picture. I've been doing this for a long time. I've always seen a bit of the picture and they don't look very good. Whereas the Stormcast stuff looks very good. Very strong. So, like, how can I think that that looks strong with no context and the other stuff doesn't look good with no context? You're mental. Um, anyway. Uh, uh, 180 for 20 wounds with 60s to hit. That's bravery. Six and has got a five up save don't make me start this the whole show will be about it i'll do a show on it but it doesn't matter right now yeah i want them to be good that's all i'm gonna say i want them to be good so i'm very excited um uh cruel boys do fit with my other armies as in they're rubbish so <laughs> remember when rob was shit talking gargants and then they were shit yeah they were shit they are shit uh, anyway, let's hope the power of Swampy Boys is in the book and not just baked in scrolls. That's what we're hoping, Gorkamorka. Sub-factions could... I was thinking about this, actually. Or, if they go into... This is not the point of the show. But, if they do go into Bigwar, and if they um, FAQ the War Chanter, so that it's plus one damage to Uruks, hello, damage three on the Bolt Boys, I'll take that. Um, although, you're going to want them to be within 12 inches. Um, like, hey, do you not see the Sylvan article? They're going to be strong. Rob Kelly, don't start with me. I think you're very funny. Um, uh, I bet they will see some cheat once uh, all the points of the game uh, with the GHP, says the Iceman. Okay, we'll see about that. Uh, Tommy Butters, thanks for resubscribing. Um, uh, I heard they ran out of Dominion boxes to sell because they gave too many weight to influence. Is that true? That is not true, and no one cares, I think. Uh, <laughs> the points look really high versus what the War Scrolls say. Yes. Uh, mate, I've got a mate of a mate who says everything's fine. Just wait for the best book yet. Same mate of a mate of a mate is a long-time cruel boy. Loved him since he was a kid. Had a break from gaming. You know, girls and college. Thanks, Jens Morgan. Smashed it. That's what we want. Anyway, General's Handbook. Let's talk about that. Like, fucking, don't worry. Either the cruel boys will be rubbish or they won't be rubbish. But either way, cruel boys for summer. We're getting involved. I'm very excited. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if they're good or bad. I'm just going to try my hardest. Maybe do some cry videos where I'm just crying about why my cruel boys aren't good on TikTok. Yeah, maybe it'll go viral. Maybe more people play Age of Sigmar wanting to play cruel boys because of the crying man on TikTok. We don't know how it's going to go. It could go any of those ways. Um, so, uh, what's everyone in the chat saying? I did cruel boys. So far, two people have seen, uh, uh, seen Open Dominion have stated they don't play OS and chatted about what they're going to use it for instead. <laughs> 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 shit right listen we're talking about general's handbook which first off oh wait i haven't got it on the screen so you guys can't even fucking see i'm so sorry uh bum, 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 is ring bound which is very exciting so if they do change anything you can 
you can print stuff out and then put it inside. Though you can't, I think, legally print stuff out. I don't know. But Diogen, thanks for uh, for donating a gift subscription to uh, Mike Oxlong. <laughs> anyway, so it's ringbound, which is great. Big thumbs. The contents, though, isn't that exciting if you look at it. Because uh, let's talk about what's in here. So if you're going to play Age of Sigmar at a tournament, or you're going to play competitive Age of Sigmar, you have the core rules found inside the core book. Okay, thumbs up. I know what I'm doing. Okay. Then every season, i.e. every year, where do we start this video? 13 minutes. Every season, um, so that'll take a year, GHB to GHB, they'll change the battle pack. So the battle pack is kind of the additional match play rules that you'll add on to your core rules. So your core rules you can use to play all your narrative games, all of those narrative organized events, the, the hundreds of them that occur every year, all around the world. Thousands, some would say. Um, although weirdly all the match play events are also narrative events because all the armies are narratives so it's kind of it's kind of the same in fact um, but uh, <laughs> uh, right so the um, so this is your additional thing so you play this over the course of the year and the first part and, and if we just look at the uh, the contents page for a moment you're not getting a lot for your 25 pounds if I'm 100% honest uh, you have got the core rules which are pages uh, 50 to 96. So 40 pages of 96 pages are um, the core rules, which are already free. So you're now paying £25 for, for 56 pages. But like I like having the rules ahead of time or whatever. So, you know, maybe, maybe you'll throw them the money. We'll see. Uh, it shows that all of these endless spells, so Horogast, Aether Void, Pendulum, Chronomantic Cogs, Emerald Life Swarm, etc., are all getting updates. Now, there's some big news as whether or not Umbral Spellport was going to get changed. That's kind of the one I think that's probably, I think, probably most problematic in the game. It feels weird. Like, if you've got an incredible spell or an incredible caster, like, wait, I can't do it like Americans. Nogash. That's how they say it. And they sound not good every i mean who am i to talk i can't say behemoth what other words can i say there's a bunch that i can't say so shut up stupid english man i bet some people are saying um however yeah so we're getting an update uh as someone pretty new to aos i like having the rules right here on hand and a big fan of the ring binding for flicking back and forth tommy butters i'm happy for that the big hardback books are nice but a bit annoying yeah 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 100 percent. the fact that you've just got your one book that you take to your tournament amazing in obviously in addition to your your battle tome and then maybe in addition to the campaign book but three probably max which is great yeah i say conflag conflagration wrong conflagration conflagration Ep epitome oh my god uh <laughs> shit <laughs> nagash um uh, now, nah, the more I yell, shut up, stupid English, but while listening to you at work. <laughs> Conflagration. Conflagration. There's no you. Uh, he says Zilfin wrong. I do say Zilfin wrong. I say Ziflin, but it's Zilfin. Um, I prefer editable PDFs to ring bound book. Me too, Nikos. I agree. Um, uh, <laughs> Kegafor, can we get back to the cruel boy sucking? How the fuck could they let the bin guy near those beautiful models? Kegafor, don't worry. I hear you. We'll talk about it when we see all the rules. In case, then that way, when everyone's like, oh, you haven't seen all the rules yet, then we can just make them embarrassed. Okay? We'll just 
We'll just wait. We'll bide our time like a true cruel boy in the swamp, in our boggy swamp, being angry and being a fucking cruel boy. That's what we'll be. And then we'll pop out and we'll stab some fuckers and then we'll leave. Classic cruel boy tactics. I'm so sad about cruel boys. I'm so sad that they're going to suck. Anyway, it's such a fear. Isn't that such a weird experience as like a hobbyist that you're like, they're like, we're going to release something and you're like, yes. And you're like, and then you have like, fear you've got so much excitement and love yeah you've got so much excitement and love in your heart and then you're like oh what if it's crap like no wonder people have responded to me badly in the past when i've said this sucks because they must be like fuck you rob i love this thing and i'm like it's not my fault it sucks like i hate me talking about the fact that i don't like how low the bravery is i hate it like but it's true but shut up rob i get it now like i get it i Finally, I've had the mirror held up to my own face and I get it and it sucks. So I won't say that they suck in the future. I'll wait and then I'll analyze it and then I'll say that it sucks after the analysis. Okay? Uh, but it, maybe it's just because the bingo knew we'd like it. I don't know. Um, right, anyway. Uh, I have no fear. I know what's going to suck based on uh, what Rob likes. <laughs> Team Cash, I'm excited to press at the same time about Cruel Boys. It's feeling I've already felt my hobby. It's so it's weird. It's a weird feel. It's it's a weird feeling to have to be like yes, oh no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> does 40k have this? Um, I don't think the disparity is as big between books. No, I don't think the disparity is as big. Uh, if that helps. They did give the Stormcast of the Sin guy, though. Everblight, you're correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Bravery's in a weird place now with more MSU and only one or two big units making le less it less of an issue. I wouldn't agree, uh, Rambo Squirrel, because, like, with the Cruel Boys... Oh, my God, we're still there. With the Cruel Boys, like, the Arch Unit's Bravery 5? Uh, or is it 6? I think it's 5. So if you lose one, two wounds... Yeah, and because you're MSU in them, right? Your point exactly. So you just take lose one, the other two could comfortably run for a battle shock, right? So you're like, okay, I'm going to keep them further away. But they're 24 inch shot, which is quite nice, but one shot a piece. So you really want them at 12 inches. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's fine. Um. Uh, oh, yes. Same feeling I get as an ice cream in hot weather. I drop down on my foot and then I get a look at my body. Scott Brent, that's the feeling. You have your ice cream, and then it falls <laughs> off. That's the feeling. Um, uh, okay. Take Karagnosa plus one bravery. Thanks, Hawkeye. Uh, appreciate you. But won't he go up in points? In Hawkeye, won't he go up points in the next edition? Won't he go up points because monsters are stronger? Hawkeye, what's your bet? Twitch chat, what's your bet? Kragnos points up or down next edition. Okay, right. Back to the book. Someone must be like, what the fuck? Anyway. Uh, the the battle pack that you have, you play across the course of a year. Amazing, um, right? And then uh, we get in the updates to the endless spells: Quicksilver Swords, Ravenax, Gnashing Jaws, Soul Snare, Shackles, Suffocating Grave Tide, Burning Head, Umbral Spell Portal. Now the two probably that are the biggest issue in Age of Sigmar at the minute, in my opinion, are the Umbral Spell Portal and the Soul Screen Bridge, and then Geminids is in there. So hoping Geminids gets affected, but Geminids has already been nerfed pretty aggressively because you can no longer cast geminids 
and that, well, you no longer unbind Geminids and then recast Geminids, which you could do in Age of Sigmar 2. No double tapping an endless spell, which is actually really, really, really good. Um, uh, oh, Soul Snare Shackles getting an update. One of my favorite, by the way, uh, endless spells. So uh, let's see. Um, but they're bound now. Yeah, that's true. They're bound. They're bound. But everyone has bound Geminids. So everyone has them. So that's fine. Um, oh, yeah. I've seen that kind of MSU used lots. Uh, it's MSU. Actually, Jimmy Conius, and anyone who's new, who's listening to this new, if you actually go into the honestwargamer.com, um, I've written a workbook, but ignore that. That's not what that's about. There's also a keywords page. And if you click on the keywords, like the most common words used in wargaming, we wrote a little description for what they all mean. So you can kind of read through them, like Alpha Strike. Like, what the fuck is an Alpha Strike? Like, and all that other stuff. So there's just a, a, a section of, um, of things you can go and uh, find, if that helps. Um, so yeah, and then you can just look at that, and then that will give you some keywords, and you can be like, oh, nice, I know what that means now. Okay, um, so some of these are changing. We don't know how they're changing, but I think it's good that some of them are changing, and we want the most effective ones to change, specifically Umbral Spell Portal, Soul Screen Bridge, and Geminids, I would argue. And the reason that we want those to change is because I think Umbral Spell Portal gives too much power to casters. Um, I don't like it being in the game, but let's see. Um, uh, and then uh, Burning Head, uh, not Burning Head, sorry, uh, Soul Screen Bridge is really, really good for shooting builds that can redeploy their army and shoot with. Uh, that seems really strong still. Uh, interesting to see if that changed. And then Geminids, of course, because of its just empowerability. Uh, and then there, one of the key things there is no Bailwind is in the list. Like, there's no Bailwind. So, um, our Bailwind stopped being sold on the site. So, that means that we probably won't see the Bailwind Vortex in the next edition. Which I think, like, pour one out for the Fallen Homie. I think that that's actually a good thing for the for the game wholesale, ultimately. I think the same problem I have with Inbrook Spell Portal is increasing the spell range is also true for the Bellwind Vortex. So uh, I'm quite happy about the Bellwind Vortex going away. And it also means that you don't have to point wizards or kind of think about wizards anyway by writing rules with the Bellwind Vortex in mind. Not that they did, but still a positive that I'm saying. Um, uh, a uh, what's Winner Dave, the word, term ward save has been in introduced for a while. Yeah, 100%. But previously there wasn't a term for it, Winner Dave, was there? So I'm glad that they've got a, a version for it. Um, I got someone will miss having 24-inch range bottles each, but it's for the best overall angle. I really respect the fact that you know that it's the best. You're like, yeah, yeah, this shouldn't be here. Take this off me. Take this off me. Uh, thank you to Michael Torres. Uh, <laughs> we're turning about <laughs> to the show. Uh, it's very much appreciated. I don't know if I'm saying something wrong there, but um, thanks. Uh, some Norwegian do no more law seeker on Bellwind in Sanctum, which is great. Mandolis, how do you think the city's empowered thing will be changed if the end of spells are being redone? Um, I think uh, I think that the and the empowered thing will stay. Personally, Mandolis, I think that the spells will just change, which I think is good. Um, Biowind is kind of replaced by the Universal Artifact. Plus one to Casters, Bay the Nos. Yes, that's true. Um, I never got to use Broken Croak on a Bailwind, but I'm really sad it's gone. Uh, back to painting and sorting out some 3D prints. Uh, have a good night. See you later, Tommy Butters. Big love to you. Good luck. Um, right, okay. So the next thing is, uh, of course, if this battle pack, so for this year, if you're playing Age of Sigmar competitively, you're playing in the realm of Gur. Right? 
So you're back into the realm of Gur, and that, well, we're only in the realm of Gur. So if you are new and you don't know this already, in Age of Sigmar, for a couple of iterations, they introduced this thing called playing in the realms. So you had realm, the, the realm had a realmscape feature, so the different kind of terrain had different features. Also, in addition to that, um, you had access to a spell law from that realm as well, as well as a command ability from that realm. It was a terrible time because you were just taking very abusive command and realm spells, command abilities and realm spells, and sticking them on armies that shouldn't have those things. It was insane. And eventually the community pretty much was like, oh, I probably won't do this. This sounds dumb. And you, outside of Warhammer World, they pretty much weren't taken. There were some places where it was taken, and some people thought it added a nice tactical depth. Or like the event that we saw recently in Australia, like you took a realm with a specific uh, realm effect because it kind of helped maybe affect the meta or something that you thought needed to be changed, which I thought was really good. Um, uh, can we bring Tumblr back for all the players that play shit? <laughs> we can. Play Patrol Slaves, we can. Lekka Lekka, what's his... Nathan said in the chat, God Blues are back to two wizards, but still only 18 inches on control range. Have they changed the article on the website, Nath? Amazing. I would love if they make it so just the Gobbapalooza can only control spells from 18 inches. It's the future. Mm. Uh, I think old realm rules are too intrusive to the game. Pescu, I agree 100%. Haven't had a cruel voice tangent in a while. Rob Kelly, I'm not doing it. Some events in Australia gave the person who lost the table side role choice role to play in, says Mandolis. There you go. So there was this way of kind of controlling how maybe tournaments would play or games would play by playing the realms. Now... We don't have that in this version. We don't have this in Age of Sigmar 3. And instead, you're playing in a single realm, the realm of Gur, the realm of beasts, a realm full of monsters and monster hunters and magic and Pokemon trainers and all of all of those things, really. It was a, a realm of a realm of fur-clad Viking men and people. The hunter from Jumanji would have been there. Maybe the realm of Gur is Jumanji. I don't know. Probably. Sounds like what it would be like, I imagine. Um, so by the end of this, I expect us all to be have like lo either look like Robin Williams or look like the Hunter from Jumanji. One of those two, yeah. So that means that they're going to be able to change up um, like the 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 battle pack for the year, and they've given us some special special rules for playing inside Gur, which we'll talk about in a moment as well. Uh, yeah, Van Pelt. Creator Gator, I'm super excited to dip my turn into AOS with the Dominion box. I'm really happy about that. Do you think it will be more competitive than the previous edition? I know a lot of people avoid AOS because of the fear of losing by turn two. Uh, so Creator Gator, if, if it helps you out, I've covered competitive Age of Sigmar at tournaments, either by playing or doing live coverage for six years, uh, or since the game started, effectively. Tournament one, the first tournament ever I was at, um, if that helps, and I've covered the largest events in the world. In no way um, were games uh, over by turn two uh, at the top ends of the table. If you're talking like, and what I mean by that is, if you develop enough skills to play the game competitively, there's a whole raft of ways you can avoid being able to like not lose. There is some uh, rock, paper, scissors mechanics to Age of Sigmar, of course. This is just me explaining it to new people. There are some rock, paper, scissors mechanics where just another army generally tends to beat another army. That's got nothing to do with um, the game mechanics as is. That's just sometimes kind of a polarization between armies. Some armies can't be built to do different things. Like You can't really build a fighty uh, KO army. I mean, you can try, so that's the carriage and overlords, because they've just got a lot of guns and a lot of stuff. Similarly, you can't build a very shooty 
Uruk's army, um, well, you can kind of or talk, just talk Iron Jaws because they don't have any guns apart from a loud shout. So when they're playing against each other, they kind of feel like they don't really work together. But honestly, like um, I don't know if the the game's going to be more competitive, but there's probably a higher skill ceiling to the game because of the generic command abilities, and also the way you pick your secondaries and other stuff as you play through the game. Um, I think it's a great addition, but I think the game has always been very, very, very competitive and also very, very good in a competitive setting. So I think uh, that that worry or fear that other people have just isn't really relevant um, and isn't really true. And it's just people like mini wargaming, for example, who don't like the guys that play that, who don't understand how the game really works. They play pretty badly, um, you know, and it shows. So um, there's, we've done loads of live coverage on the T-Sports Network if you want to go watch that. Um, of competitive tournaments there's also some you can find on the honest wargamer there's some really great games that stand out to me just off the top of my head kind of making you understand how the priority role works a good example would be sheffield slaughter 2019 between mark wildman and jj another one would be uh, peter from poland uh, the uh, london gt in 2018 maybe maybe 2019 i think it was 2018 where he played against steve curtis fresh of course versus daughters of kane very exciting match or if you want to see someone just completely outclass someone lgt again the final jack armstrong versus darren darren absolutely wallops jack in just an incredible display of both micro and macro skill so just those are some things to to check out if that helps um anyway sorry uh, i just thought i'd explain that i know it's a long uh, explanation but it's a worthwhile explanation um colon cabbage i have talked about how half the book is free stuff uh if that helps um uh right so you can also build a brave cruel boys army uh, you can't build a brave cruel boys army i know kegafort stop it we're not doing that today um like this is peace and love uh can we use more names with alliteration like peter from poland yeah darren from down south uh is <laughs> anyway so you're playing in the realms, and then um, uh, we'll talk about the rules because they're in here in a minute. Then the battle plans. This is really exciting. Looks like there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 battle plans, which I'm really excited about because sometimes they make a, a, like a couple of a guff battle plans, but they're doing pretty well with this edition, so maybe they'll all be great. And if they're all great, which is great news, then um, that means we can do some really nice variety at tournaments. You know, you could play two tournaments back to back, not play the same battle plan once, and then you've still got two in the pocket. So, you know, they could afford to have two be bad and still be able to mix stuff around a lot, which is nice because it means over the course of a year, you get a lot of variance in your tournaments. Really big fan of that. Very excited to talk through those uh, when we can. Uh, looking forward to that loads. Uh, yeah, and also goodbye to Blade's Edge. Sad face. Can we pour one out for a knife to the heart? loved what that did to the game i doubt any of these because of how scoring changes now i doubt any of these are the polarizing you win completely in the beginning of the turn um but i liked those battle plans some people didn't some people did i liked those a lot i thought they were good um uh, so i just thought it was good does this mean we don't have to constantly play focal points place of power and score shows every time colliery you've got it baby you've got it uh although place of power sucked um so yeah uh, Malkin Territory sounds like a pissy contest. Okay, <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh, what else do you get in the book? You get the Realm Rules, um, which they've shown off down below. So you've got most of the book for free, but it doesn't matter. You've got Core Battalions. Um, so there are Core Battalions in the Battle Pack. So you have Core Battalions in the Core Book, and then you have Core Battalions in this. So you have additional Battalions in these. 
who would like a bet that we'll get we'll see some uh, narrative expansions? What are they called? Um, expansion books? No. Narrative books? No. Campaign books. I think we'll see some campaign books which also contain core battalions. Almost guaranteed. But that's kind of fun. Kill Panic. Dumb rookie question. Are battle plans always pre-selected or is there a way for rules random to select one? Uh, so Kill Panic, um, it's a great point. It depends on your TO. Some TOs, now my preference, and me and Owen on the Age of Sigma Stat Center have been talking about this a lot over the, the past year. I personally like announcing the battle plans ahead of time because if you accidentally write a bad list that doesn't work in a battle plan, it feels like you're not really getting anything out of it. And I think it's really healthy for the tournament organizers and also for uh, the the players to know the battle plans ahead of time. However, some TOs don't agree with that, and that's fair. Super okay. Like, and so what they do is they roll randomly on the day, and you just happen to play one. I think it gives you less time to prep, which I think isn't great. But like, I'm sure it's the so you can't game the system is the uh, is the reason I'm being my tone is bad there. The argument that they make, uh, the other people who disagree, I guess, with my point. Is that um, is that if you know the battle plans ahead of time, you could game the system, which I think is, I think is a little disingenuous. But obviously, like maybe there's someone out there who you could listen to about it, um, because I just think you could do that with pretty much anything. Or you super strong army, super strong on all the battle plans, like pfft, whatever. Um, uh, uh, campaign book one, sixth of July, I'm sure. Aleko Tio rolls them randomly during the event. Then we do only one day events of three games, which again, like I think, especially when if it, if it's low key stakes, if it's just like you just turn up, you're having a laugh, you're rolling some dice. Ah, what does it matter? Like, but I do think one of the things you could do, like if you wanted to play a lot, and this is really important for everyone, is just learn the battle plans off by heart. That's the kind of one of those ones people generally avoid. And it's the key to success, right? It's like knowing what the mission is. It's like a weird kind of setup that people don't learn the battle plans really well because you wouldn't turn on a game and just start randomly moving a character around, would you? Like, well, what's the point of this game? I don't know. Right, and then you lose somehow. Uh, uh, event in my local area are interesting ways of doing it. You have a group of three battle plans per round. I'll roll off the winner bands a battle plan and the loser picks on the remain two. Hey, Taco Next, that's fun. Like uh, Family Fortunes, where you bring two people up. <laughs> They're like, ban that one. That's cool. Um, uh, uh, Trevor, Tinevia, I roll randomly. Sorry, how do I say that? Tinever. Tinever 8. I roll randomly and I publish after list submission. Uh, oh, okay. That's that's a nice way to do it as well. Do it after list submission is a really nice way. I hear that. Um, mm. I know there are a lot of people I've noticed that are just bad at, and don't try in video games too. Stephen Back, it's a good point, baby. It's a good point. Yeah, my preferred way of doing it, not that I've tried it, says Tarquin X. That's fair. And I guess uh, Rob Kelly, that's smart. It's like Matt bang, bang, Banning on StarCraft. That's a cool little thing, maybe to throw into the Super Series. Nice, like that. Um, okay, so, uh, by the way, I turned up once uh, to an Age Sigma event at Warhammer World, and the Owen Jackson was there, and he had pre-laid out his deployment for his Sylvaneth army in every single battle plan in like a... Um, a printed out set of documents is how much he prepared. So just be conscious uh, of that. Uh, Most in power, I think we generally undervalue how important the battle plan uh, and having a strategy to your game is and focus on uh, lists. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think it's really, really important uh, to be aware of that. 
Uh, you can't min-max list for scenario, but can familiarize with relevant scenarios. Yes, agreed. Um, he did that to me at Bobo, and I just rolled sixes on one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway, so 12 missions. I mean, they've got some pretty cool names. First Blood, Tectonic Interference, Apex Predators. Um, so that's fun. The Veins of Gurr. Tarkonex, that should be in my preferred way of doing it now that I've tried it. I think AOS 2, it's nice. It's a nice way of not feeling like you lose a lot by not winning the first roll off. That's interesting. Okay, so, uh, they've also got a score sheet, uh, in here. Battle tactics, grand strategies. Let's talk through this. Let's talk through how you play the game. This is important at the top. So you've got your core battalions and the realm rules. We'll talk about those in a minute because they feature those in the article. Grand strategies are written on your army list. So on your army list, you pick a grand strategy and that will apply across the course of the whole tournament. So I'm going to a tournament with five, three or five rounds, okay? I write my army list and then I write on it, this is my grand strategy. And every time I complete it at the end, so I play a game, and at the end of the game, have I completed my grand strategy? And if I have, that's worth three victory points. That's really important. So it's three victory points for me. Bush. Yeah? So that's important. That's what grand strategies are, and there are some to pick from. I don't know what it is. Five or six. Then you've got battle tactics. So those are your secondaries. Those are chosen at the start of your turn. So at the beginning of your turn, before your hero phase even begins, you pick your, your battle tactic for that round. You can't pick the same battle tactic twice over the course of a game. So I'll choose five battle tactics in a five-round game of um, a tournament. So round one, I'll choose a battle tactic in the beginning of my turn, and I have to complete it at the end of my turn, and it's worth two victory points. So for a total of ten victory points over the course of um uh for the over the course of one round uh one game sorry so three for uh your grand strategy and a total of 10 however some of them you complete um uh, if you complete them for instance kill the enemy general if you complete it with a monster because it's the realm of gur and it's this battle pack you gain an additional victory point so having monsters in your army means you gain access to potentially scoring more VP. So it's it's base 3, base 10, potentially, uh, for your 13, with additional couple of VPs. So something to be there as well. Um, uh, uh, and then the then uh, and, that, and then the primary, which is the objectives are, if you hold one objective, it's worth one victory point. If you hold another objective, it's worth an additional victory point for a total of two. And then if you hold more objectives than your opponent, you get an additional victory point for a total of three. So your maximum over the course of each turn is three victory points for a total of 15 over a game. However, if you scroll back a little bit, you probably won't outscore your opponent on most of them. So it's probably more likely you'll average two. So it's probably on average likely that you'll get 10. So they're the primary, i.e. holding the objectives, i.e. getting the gold, which has kind of been a key element for Age of Sigma for such a long time, is only worth as much now as choosing those secondaries. So that secondary choice is going to be as valuable as playing the game wholesale. So that's going to be really important for everyone to remember. Um, uh, make sure you finish game, lads, and lasses. Morstan Power, you got it. Um, looking at the battle plan names, I wonder if these missions have anything to do with the monsters. <laughs> right, so... Um, the core battalions, uh, they've, got, they've, they've shown us two additional core battalions that they've got in the, core, the, the rule book. And these are the Alpha Beast Pack 
and the Hunters of the Heartlands, right? Now, the Alpha Beast pack is a minimum of two monsters, yeah? And a monster is defined as... They've used monster a bit much. It's used so a monster. Okay, this is where it's going to be a bit confusing. The keyword monster at the bottom of a war scroll is not what they mean by monster. What they mean by monster in a core battalion is a behemoth, which is in your unit role on your um, at the back of your battle tome or in the GHP. Right? I know. So when they mean monster, they mean behemoth. Very awkward. Yeah. Um so there's there's just something to be aware of, right? If that makes sense. Like it's something to but it doesn't matter. Pretty much if it's a monster it's a behemoth, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And Ironclad can go in them then. Yes, Rob Kelly, that is correct. Um Games Workshop is a monster for making that confusing. That is confusing, yes. But a behemoth uh, sorry, a ironclad, which I don't think is a monster, but it is a behemoth keyword, can go into the Alpha Beast pack. Same as a Doom Wheel. Most people don't know Doom Wheels have got the Behemoth uh, Battlefield role. Um, um, so I think that that's something to talk about there. Mm. Dave Fraser, Watertight. Love you, Dave Fraser. Hope you're well, man. You, you keep you keep doing it all day on, on uh, Twitter. Love you. Hey, JP. Um, Archeon plus Kairos both moving 6 plus D6 inches. Uh, yes. Well, well no, because you wouldn't be able to take a, a War Scroll Battalion. Oh, no, because of course that's Host Arcana, that's Subfaction. Holy shit. Okay, just to let everyone know what we're talking about. Subfaction for Zinch. Um, Host Arcana allows, uh, allows a flying Zinch unit to move 6 inches at the start of the game. If you put those inside an Alpha Beast pack, because they're both behemoths, they're able to move six plus d6 inches on the first turn um oh yes uh well done tom 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 senbu thank you yes uh oh wait is that true it can't be a hero yes thank you thank you thank you thank you can we get time stamps this video <laughs> no <laughs> i was all over the place hold on everyone hold on none of that might be true let's just take a moment we'll be doing that classic um where i'm running ahead of myself because of mike oxlong uh, that guy is, he needs to calm himself down, is all I could think. Let's go find this particular thing. Okay, uh, where are the core battalions? Right. A core battalion is from Monster, is a behemoth that is not a leader. Okay, good. So you can't put Arch you can't put Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon or Frost Lords or any of those in the Alpha Beast pack. Nice. Okay. Really easy. Thanks, everyone. Um, but a KO boat can, because that is not a hero. Okay. Uh, sorry, fake news from me. It's okay. I got excited, too. I got excited. You tend to run away with it. But that's nice. It's nice. It's good. We all, we're all making mistakes together. I think that's super healthy. Let's do it together. So, again, to go in the Alpha Beast pack, you, it's a monster that's not a hero. So, they're not quite as common, but maybe like three Stonehorn Beast Riders, uh, which are... Uh, although... One second. Just, I've just closed it now. Is it a monster? Hold on. Hold on. Because there's a bit of an issue with... Uh, <laughs> hold on. Let me just... This is super boring. I'm sorry. But this is a, kind of like a techie issue. A behemoth that is not a leader. Okay. So the problem with... So the problem with um, uh, 300 and Terrorgeist when they're battle line is what happens is that your, your unit role 
So um, a leader, a behemoth, battle line, battle line if, unique, um, unique is one, like uh, um, those things, behemoth or war machine, those are your, uh, God, what are they called? Um, in the back of the book. Whatever they're called in the back of the book. I'm sorry that I've forgotten the word. Uh, they, um, uh, unit rolls? Are they called unit rolls? <sighs> Come on, someone. But anyway, when I have my terror geists, yeah, go as battle line, all my stone horse, stone horn beast riders turn into battle line. I don't know if they become behemoth and battle line. I, that's something I need to check. Battlefield roll. Thank you, everyone. Fuck me. So the battlefield roll for them is, yeah, is, is behemoth. Now, if you have behemoth and battle line, that's great. However, if they problematically, uh, they're still behemoths, count as both. Thank you, Kendon. They lose behemoth, Rob, as it's in the core rules now. Okay, can you just, Iron Gutsman, do you know where it is? Um, they lo I think they lose it. I think they lose it. So, weirdly, with the Alpha Beast pack, if you were to take um, uh, the the classic kind of like boulder head stone horns that we've seen with the three stone horn beast riders, they actually will become battle line and you won't be able to include them in the Alpha Beast pack because the Alpha Beast pack require, requires you to have leaders. I know, like someone's listening and be like, fuck me, I'm not playing. I promise you it's not that complicated, but it kind of is a bit. Yeah? Yeah, they lose it. They're only battle line. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Side note. And it, it, for everyone listening at home, the reference is 25.5 on the rules, which, again, is great that Games Workshop did that. That's great. Yeah? So, yeah, you can't do that with Avangori Zombie Dragons. Um, and so that's something to be conscious of. And uh, so you, you're immediately, your brain goes to, oh, I'll take my Battleline Terror Geist in the Alpha Pack. But actually, you can't because they're Battleline. So you could take them, weirdly, as Hunters of the Heartlands. <laughs> <laughs> which is weird uh but you could take them as stegodons you could take them as stegodons right um it's probably because we've never really needed to use battlefield roles very much as boston power yeah that's fair um uh is if battle line stonehorn can they be reinforced shit shit great question great question if their unit of stonehorns Unless they say that they're unique, because that might be what they're not not unique. Uh, single. Uh, yeah, they've got a new word for it, haven't they? In the battlefield role, single or singular or whatever. Um, it'll probably have the word single, ever blight, yes. But if it doesn't, yeah, you can make a open relationship, like pan whatever unit of three stone horns in a unit. Why you would want to, I don't know. Um, uh, they are single. Thanks, Pete Pratt. Um, Team Ankash has given us an example, by the way. Uh, example: Royal Terror Guys in the Flesh Eater Court's army from the Criscal subfaction become battle line units. They are no longer behemoth units, as noted in the battlefield rolls column on their pitch battle profile from the section twenty-five. Uh, side note: So, um, big love to all of you for that. <laughs> Someone is at home like, I'm not playing this edition. Fuck this! Like, I promise, it's not that complicated. It's just more specific. It's what it is. And that specificity is really quite nice. Um, so that's good for that. Anyway, the Alpha Beast Pack. What you get is if you do have three monsters, uh, sorry, three behemoth units. It's weird that they're called monsters. I'm just going to call them behemoths from now on. So when you see the little dragon, I'm just going to call it behemoth. Right? If you have two of those in your army, for instance, two Doom Wheels, they get to make a D6 inch move at the start, which I think is fine, but probably not that strong, unless they end up with some behemoths that you might want to take. If Cockatrice is became behemoths, then that's pretty nice. 
um, three slaughter brutes. <laughs> Do you know what is? I was just talking about this. So I just did a show yesterday recorded with David Whitek from Garage Hammer. Garage Hammer. Um, talking about the Grave Lords. However, Coven Thrones, which if they stay at 200 points, getting a D6 inch move to the st- at the start is going to be very, very good. There's also a little bit of a trick in here as well that after the armies have been set up before the first battle round begins, you can make a normal move of up to D6 inches. Carriage and Overlord boats, their fly high ability triggers off being able to make a normal move. So they could fly high on the first turn if you include them in here as well, uh, which is going to be um, something to be conscious of, right? Uh, uh, wow, we had rules questions and answered ourselves quickly and easily. Knigget, honestly, it's super good, right? Oh, snap, the Fulmeroy Crusher is a 100-point monster. Let's <laughs> say play. That's like, that's like being in your car and then just, like, rooting around because you've lost your keys under the, the seat and then, like, pulling up, uh, like, uh, uh, a sweet or a candy or, like, whichever country you're from and being like, oh, snap, free candy I forgot about and then put it in your mouth. That's the version... <laughs> Oh, snap! A Fumroy Crusher! <laughs> um, so anyway, that's pretty important. That's pretty important um, that you could do that. Next up, Hunters of the Heartlands. Expert underdogs. Units in this battalion cannot be picked when your opponent carries out a monstrous rampage. That genuinely is very, very, very good because it requires you to have three, two troop choices as a minimum with an additional third troop choice if you want it. I think that that's, uh, that's really, really good. Very, very strong for units that really want to use a command ability for plus one save or reroll saves or whatever it might be. So raw can't turn off their combat prowess. You're going to see combat units take that. And I think that that's very good. Great on more tech. Yeah, there's going to be so many things. That's uh, that's actually a really good one and is much better than than the other version. Okay, meanwhile, the new realm rules that you feel like actually battling through the realm of beasts, for example, beware of seismic shift. Now, this is huge for competitive age sigma. Here, here, ooch. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, if I was um, our good friend um, of the show, Heywo, um, uh, who's doing a load of content in the minute, you should check him out. He's such a lovely guy. Um, seismic shift. Yeah, this is big. Big, big, big. Yeah, this is probably the best change maybe in the game. Like Iron Gutsman says, this is massive. CV, thanks for resubscribing. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, it's going to be interesting how people are going to keep track of which units are which battalions. Pete, something I forgot to say on Monday. So, I completely forgot to say that on Monday, but you're going to have to include it on your army list, right? 100%. Um, super worth talking about and how we're going to put that into event packs. We should talk about that, Pete, um, because it's going to be really, really key. And people are 100% going to mess it up. And certain people, already mentioned this show, are going to lie about it on the tabletop when they get them like in the right bit. Oh, this is the unit that was in it's in this battalion. Sure. Sure it is. Yeah. Um mm. uh, um me, I'll lie. <laughs> yes. Play patrol slayers, he'll lie. <laughs> right, so seismic shift is amazing. So what it is, well let's read the whole narrative because it's gonna affect us. <clears throat> the continent of Thondia is no less feral than the creatures that call it home. Again, we need to be like the guy from Jumanji. Um, Periodically, the ground rumbles and cracks with violent tremors, 
and what may have been a key strategic position is suddenly reduced to rubble. Uh, at the start of the third battle round, massive. This is every game. Every game. After the players roll off to determine who has the first turn, the player taking the second turn in that battle round can pick one objective marker and the battlefield and remove it from play. Huge. Mic drop. Huge. Huge. Uh, the, the, the Nord, people would be dishonest at an event. You know better than anyone, the Nord. I wonder how you're going to approach it. We should talk. We should all talk. Um, Rob, you're back. David Attenborough was just here. Can't believe we didn't see him. <laughs> That's not how David Attenborough sounds. David Attenborough sounds beautiful, like an angel, and I sound like an idiot. Anyway, um, can we get you reading audiobooks? No. Uh, no one wants to hear that, because I'm too much, and I'm too fast. Um, so you can suddenly be holding more objectives. Nice. Winner, Dave, this one's huge. Uh, now, a question. Is the realms all land, or are there oceans and continents as well? Hi. No, there's oceans and continents, because that's where there's oceans where the, the fish live and whatnot. There's loads of oceans and lakes and whatnots. Uh, there's maps, right, of the realm of Gur? I think there's, there's a map. There's a map. We saw it at the beginning of Age of Sigmar. There's, like, there's loads of good ones. Uh, Scott B, deep kidney oceans. Yeah, elves live in the sea. Um, there, and there will be loads of swamps. What the fucking cruel boys. <laughs> I've never loved a army more than the cruel boys. Fucking, if the bin guy gets them, I won't be mean about it, but I will be upset. And the way I express my upset is by being vocal. Just saying. Just if the cruel boys aren't fucking I Anyway, doesn't matter. I'm sure they'll be fine. This is very bad. More CP uh, dictate objectives uh, on the double. Too big of an advantage going second. So Smogs, let's talk about it. Because um, I think actually if we cycle backwards, I, I, I like this. You don't like this. I'd love to hear your reasons. You should come on the show this week and we'll talk about it. Okay, let's just talk about kind of a, a general paradigm that we generally tend to see in Age of Sigmar games. What happens is, is you try and make your army as low drop as possible so you get the choice on who goes first. Then what happens is you give the turn away. So your opponent has to go first, which generally means they have to be quite cagey. They can't really be aggressive very much. Maybe you go super aggro because you just play for the double immediately, which is dumb, but that's what some people do. Like, And they just throw everything forward, right? Then when you get the priority roll into two, maybe you get the double turn, maybe you don't. If you don't get it, your opponent, like, they, um, they can try and move up a bit more cagey. Maybe they engage with you. Who knows what they do? But generally, I think going second in the first turn is normally a disadvantage. But I actually try to write my lists so that I'm always going... Uh, sorry, that um, I always get, try and write my list so that, like, um, it doesn't matter if someone gives me the first turn. I can do some stuff with it, basically. However, this is this is the one. Um, uh, into turn two, if those sorts of people who play for the priority, they get it, they push that. Then they push super aggro and whatever. Now, normally, what they really want to do is capitalize that into turn three, or they don't win the priority and they're still set up for that big double turn. So they've given the turn away on turn one, basically. So at some point in the game, they can double turn. So if it doesn't happen on turn two, then it might happen on turn three. But on turn three, if they get the double from two into three, they're in a much worse position. So they're like, oh, I'm doubling two to three, which is obviously incredible for Deepkin, but like, we'll ignore them generally. I'm doubling two into three. That's a really good place to be. This is the time when doubling then is actually super disadvantageous. Like it's, it's way worse for you 
as a player. So that kind of general tactic, which I think we saw done a lot, means that you're like basically setting your army up and your battle plan, like your as in as in the way you're trying to play, setting up so that you give the first turn away, so that you've got a double some point in the game because that's how the math works, right? Like if I give the first turn away, then at some point I've got it, then boom. Yeah, then you get the you. There's a kind of counterplay in the middle of the game here. Is how I feel. But I would love to hear other opinions on this. I like this. I think it changes the shape of the game a lot. But you know it's going to happen. And I think one of the things that's really exciting about Age of Sigma compared to 40k a lot of the time is that we have these very different pathways that a game can go. Turn one, who gets a turn? Give it away, take the turn. Decision point already could have gone anyway. Priority roll. Someone wins it, someone makes a choice. Decisions change that as well, but so does the luck. So it could have gone either way. Now you're going into the third turn. This is massive. Also means you can't camp objectives because if we think about how we're going to hold in this game, I'm going to sit on my two home objectives. I'm going to trade secondaries with you and I'm going to try and get one objective off you once maybe, maybe twice. A bit like how you would play Total uh, Conquest, the old battle plan where you're just trying to like trade objectives. Um, and I'm trying to do that so I just hold more for a turn to gain a point. But mainly I'm focusing on doing my holding two objectives and gaining uh, two VP. This means that can't be my battle plan through the course of the whole game. It means I can't just design an army that's going to sit on two objectives and just gun you down. Because at some point I'm going to lose one of those objectives. Yeah. Um, so I like it. I haven't played it enough yet to see if it's a huge problem because it could really be bad. But right now I like it based on what I've seen happen before. So we'll see how it goes, uh, if that's. I think now that you control objectives before the first battle round, that might change the giveaway first turn, says Tarquin X. Um, maybe. Um, after the first turn, winner of priority roll goes first, right? After the first turn, winner of the priority roll goes first. Uh, so it's not a choice after one. Yes, Kendon. So basically what happens is, Turn one, before the turn starts, whoever de whoever finished deploying first, this is the way it works, whoever finished deploying first gets to choose who goes first, first or second. And then at the end of each battle round, when both players have had a turn, you both roll a dice. And then whoever wins the roll gets to choose who goes first and second. So it's always a choice for the person who wins the priority roll. In the case of a draw, i.e. you and me both roll a six, whoever went second doesn't get the choice. Right, So whoever went first in the previous battle round gets the choice so that they don't get doubled. So it's like a 48% chance um, to win the priority roll if you didn't go second the turn before. Okay. Um, I also love this as most in power. I think if the player who had first turn isn't switched on, it can go terribly for them. Most in power, I agree. Fishcakes, I thought they changed turn one to be a roll-off. Um, no, Fishcakes, just for you to, again, to remind people, um, it... The, that's always been the case. What you've read is the core rules where you roll off, but actually the GHBs and also just generally, uh, the GHBs I think is specifically where it is, um, have always changed it. Whoever finishes deploying first goes for, uh, gets the choice on who goes first. That's always been the case. And it was the same in Age of Sigma 2. There was actually a version in that as well. Um, okay, so now you win. You have a hard choice of using a double turn or burning objective and denying VP. Kendon, you've got it. You've got it. It adds something else in the middle of the game, which is good. Um, so, yeah, love this. Love this. Some people might not love this. Like, um, I didn't think people wouldn't like this, but I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's definitely the choice. It's definitely the choice who goes first. That's all I'm going to say. 
Uh, so I like this a lot. I think there's loads. There's loads to do with this, which I think is good. Tarquin X someone decided that's fine. That's super okay. Uh, we could talk about this more as time goes on. I think one of the things that this rewards is players who play a lot. I'm all for that. Like, I think the game by Age of Sigmar should be designed for two groups, or it doesn't even need to be designed for two groups. It could be designed for one group, and the other group can just do what they want to make it better. But the core group should be the 80% of people who play once a month, maybe. They buy loads of stuff, they give Games Workshop loads of money, so that's their kind, kind of thing, and they, you know, they, but they don't get to play a lot because they're busy or whatever. The other group of people who play loads, who are obsessives like me and, and other people who play lots, they get hundreds of games in a year, they do loads of reps, they, you know, all of those other things, those guys, those guys, this is designed for them, so that whenever they play that guy who's played once, that they can just, they've got a higher skill cap. I think the whole of AOS 3 looks like they're giving it a higher skill cap, which I'm very, very happy about, um, because if you play more, you're just going to kick um, those other people's asses, and I think that that's really good, because I can't return a serve from Serena Williams because I can't, and I shouldn't be able to, because she's better than me. I can't beat Usain Bolt in a race. You know, those really simple things. They, they practice at it, they should be better than me. Um, uh, Smorgan, if your opponent is a peasant, just give them second and be confident they'll remove the wrong objective. <laughs> it's also another... It's also another one. <laughs> Deepkin, once again, not really caring about the rule changes because they just rinse the opponents or turns through anyway. That's also fair. Um... Uh, Smorgan, I think I love this. I just think it swings too hard on going second. Yeah, but like, mm. but you, but don't forget, Smorgs, you're not changing the shape of the game. Like, um, what I mean by that is, like, if you, ah, okay, I'll try and explain this. Although I wish I had like a, a, a board to show you, um, but. Age of Sigmar now for scoring isn't what you did before. Let's take uh, focal points as an example. I have my two home objectives, you have your two home objectives, and then maybe you fight for the objective in the middle, right? Now, in this example, yeah, I push all my army forward and I kind of push past the center objective, pinning you into your two back objectives so that I'm really scoring three. I'm holding more than you and I'm generally ascending in the shape of the game. Yeah, I'm holding you off and just keep scoring more and that's my tactic. Okay. Now, in this version, what happens is, is you delete one of those and you bring the game back to some sort of parity. But that isn't what's happening in the new version. Because in the new version, if, let's say, the objectives are in the same places as focal points, one in the middle, two in each objective, right? You're only scoring an additional one when you push really aggro beyond your front line. So, you're like, it's an additional one point. Because you hold one for each objective, so that's two victory points. And if you hold the middle, you get an additional one. And of course, that's worth a bunch. But you now know that you shouldn't sacrifice your whole army to go up a lot more points than the previous version of Focal Points for only one victory point in this. Instead, you're going to be sat on your two objectives being like, right, what's my secondary this game, uh, this turn? I've got two points. Sweet. I'm going to achieve my secondary. That's worth two victory points. Next turn, what's my secondary? I'm going to achieve that. You might also try and add in scoring the additional uh, one and trying to rotate the course of the game so that you are holding more objectives than your opponent. But I'm not saying like that's big brain thinking. I'm just thinking that's where I think it's out of the minute. It's a hard one to explain, but it's to do with tempo. And I think that the tempo of the game has changed drastically. You're not 
as Smogs will know, like, and I'm sure some of you will know as well, you're not committing, you're not committing to an overall battle plan. You're more trading turn by turn. So it's more like um, if you play Battle for the Past well. That's what I mean, if that helps. Or oh, maybe it's just a bunch of crap that I just decided to say. Who knows? Good drinks of water. <laughs> okay, that's seismic shift anyway. Next up. Um, on the other hand, your spellcasters can draw on the energies of Gur to enact monstrous transformations that can turn the tide of battle. Um, um, and this is Metamorphosis. It's cast on a 5, and in range of 12 inches, if successfully cast, pick a friendly hero that is not a monster and that is within range and visible to the caster. That hero gains the monster keyword till the next hero phase. And that is, um, that is key. That is really, really key. Because um, monsters are going to gain new additional victory points for holding objectives and also for killing other monsters and achieving secondaries. So that's going to be really important for armies that lack monsters in their army. So that's going to be very, very important. Um, uh, but especially, yeah, really, really good. Uh, the General's Handbook also comes with a second book, which features all the updated pick battle profiles, blah, blah, blah. And that's it. That's the, that's the show. That's all of the stuff. Um, that we uh, that's everything from that so what's everyone's thoughts tell me what your thoughts are your feelings I'm going to paint and hang out with you for a while while you tell me those things if it's cool with you guys Um, I'm not sure how long I'll last because I've already been talking for a while but tell me what you think I'd uh, I'd love to hear it Uh, uh, so yeah suddenly that skink is destroying scenery and roaring yes that means that they would obviously be able to use that, that reaction chart as well which I think is really good for, for again, for the strategy for those players who are thinking thinking through their games. Um, I need to play a few games. There's Tarkon X, me too. Um, don't forget, uh, don't watch content creators who haven't really supported the game as is um, before. Uh, you know, support those content creators who've been making good content about it all the time. Um, so, like, if you are going to go watch loads of battle reports, is what I'm saying. Um, all these changes are going to add so much depth to every game, so many meaningful decisions, it will be great. Milky Badger, I agree. I do have a fear that I think it makes the games longer. I do fear that I think it makes the games longer. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how how it comes out in the rub. Uh, Winner Dave, I updated my cheat sheet yesterday. It doubled in size. That Yeah, that's where I'm at. Have you guys seen that we've also put a score sheet out from The Honest Wargamer? So if you guys need a score sheet to, to score with for Age of Sigmar, um, there is uh, a score sheet that we've made that's free. If you guys want to print out a score sheet and give yourself um, uh, something that you can print out and write. Because you're going to have to do a lot of bookkeeping. So you're either going to have to design yourself a cheat sheet or a book or a score sheet or any of those things. Um, uh, uh, yes, thank you for the score sheet, babe. Oh, my pleasure. hope it helps. Uh, if someone could find the, the tweet, um, and link it in the chat. That would be super. That would be super cool. Right now, I could do it, but I'm painting, and I honestly don't have any more time. My hands are now busy for the rest of the day, so uh, I'm hoping someone will deliver food into my mouth at some point. Um, uh, Bristle art. The games are going to be longer, just from all the heroic actions and standardized stuff like sixes, more wounds, battle units. Yes, agreed. I think the game's longer. Pete Pratt stonks. Okay. Uh, token manufacturers on the yeah listen if you're a token manufacturer or diadrin diadrin also in the chat has uh, designed us all a bunch of tokens that we can 3d print on resin printers uh for our monstrous reactions and other stuff 
I think that there's some core tokens that could be made that are really helpful. The guys at Pro Painted Studios have done them. Uh, like Nick will say in the chat, you could definitely just get yourself some MDF bases and write some uh, effects on them as well with a pen. I think tokens are going to be... Uh, thank you, everyone, for linking the tweet um, uh, the, for, the, for the score sheet. So you guys can download that, and it's free, and it's, um, it's in a PDF format, which uh, has been designed by a wonder... I don't know if he wants me to shout out about it, so I, I won't. Um, until he says I can, but um, he put that together for us and the community for free for his time. Um, so I just gave him what what needed to be written in, and he's done that. So, and I think it was thought out quite nicely. So um, it's meant to be so you guys can kind of keep track of some information. Um, oh, games are going to be 100, percent but I think it will be minimal experienced players. That's fair. With longer games thing, I suspect there's a reason they put 1500 point option, which as you can't take 50% of your points on a single unit, stops god level characters. I'm sure how popular that will be though, says Man Dollies. Yeah, that's always a point. Like, I talked about this on the 40k show, well, the 40k adjacent show yesterday, we talked about dropping points. And I think ultimately, as soon as you suggest it, someone's like, fuck you, I want to take all my toys. Okay, like, oh, I hate how long my games are. I don't know, man, like, it's, uh, it's a lot. I also don't like the push towards Hero Hammer. So, like, bunches of monsters and gods. Like, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's cool. But, like, I think when you see monsters everywhere, it becomes less impactful. Maybe maybe not a big deal. I'd quite like to see... I, I like troops. I've, I've always just been a fan of troops being troops and running around, right? Um, base rings to mark which unit in a specific battalion might be, need to be a thing, says Pete. I agree. I think you're going to have to have a token. So, let's talk about this. Core battalions... Different core battalions mean that different units from those core battalions gain access to potentially being able to use a different effect. So you're going to have to mark on your army list and also on the tabletop which one of your units has got access to a core battalion ability. And that's pretty rough uh, because that's a bit more bookkeeping on the table. Um, hero Hammer is better with small heroes. Pescu, I agree. Yes, yes, same with that. Yeah, a couple of magical... I just want, like, a Valton character, you know, like, just that dude on a horse with a hammer just fucking living his life. Um, they've kind of gone for more, like, Chaos Lord on Karkadrak, uh, like, Liege Kavalos, um, these kind of, like, you know, more monstrously mounted heroes as your kind of baseline hero hammer, and I think that's cool. I think that's cool. Um... Hold on, people. Monsters of this year. Who knows? Wait. Yeah, I mean, that's also Bobbin. Good point. They've said that Gur is just this year. What is next year's going to be? I know, like, this year's isn't even out yet. Like, fucking cool your jets. But, like, we might see, like, more small, like, hero hammery type dudes uh, in the next version of this, the next GHB. So, that'll be fun to see. Um, next year, Ulgu. Ulgu. First turn, I can see longer, but I wonder if the later game will be much faster with smaller units everywhere and limited battleship community. Slap a single guy. So, so, so the concept is bathe the nos, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that what you're highlighting is that the problem with oh the reason the later games will be quicker because a lot of you, a lot less of your stuff will be alive because you can't make stuff battleship immune and you can't uh, have larger units. But I just think that that's not true. I think that you just will have different types of units um, that won't be using Battleshock Community anyway and previously didn't do it. Like Eels are a good example. Like they were generally threes and sixes. So I don't think they care. 
um, about the the MSU style meta uh, or anything like that. Um, and I wouldn't really design my list that then was just weak to. I would be like, oh, got loads of MSU units and low bravery. Fucking hope this works out for me. <laughs> That's just not how I can design my army. <laughs> Uh, Bristol, I like foot and mounted heroes over the giant monster spam hero hammer. I would do with corn FC and Snesh. Yeah, Bristol, like I agree. I like, I think like a keeper of secrets, a bloodthirster in an army, like five bloodthirsters. Like I get it. Like, but it feels like they they're giving you too much pudding, and you should just have some meat and potatoes, um, basically. Mate, I just remembered I have some leftover fajitas for my lunch. Result, yes, Colaroo. Uh, so we presume realm artifacts from GHB twenty are no longer valid. We one hundred percent think that. There are so many ways of getting plus to save now, some Norwegian dude. There is. There is loads of getting plus one to save, but the maximum you can get is plus one to save. But that is a drastic change to the game as it previously was, whereas units units are so much more viable now with that plus one to save. All of those units that are a four-up four armor save before are just better. I think there's actually a, a conversation... Okay. The plus one to save is better on units that already have a good save than units that don't. Similarly, units that can already hit well, getting plus one to hit, is better than units that don't already, right? So, like, and I know you guys know that. I just think it's something that we should talk about and the general language of conversation about units and what's good and what isn't, which is what we obviously do a lot on this show, is going to be kind of like, People scream like, yeah, but you can add plus one save to the new Vindicators, but you can also do it to the other unit. And like, and you're like, okay, there's a huge difference taking a unit from a three-up armor save to a two-up armor save as there is taking it from a six-up armor save to a five-up armor save. Like, the difference is massive. And it really benefits the person who starts on a three-up armor save. Like, that's who it benefits most. Similarly, being able to hit on twos as opposed to hit on threes like and then uh, hitting on threes instead of hitting on fours. Yes, it makes your unit better, but it's way better to go from threes to twos, right? Uh, and the reason for that is is because normally you have like a, a zero one game in Age of Sigma, i.e. I charge in and I want to delete the thing. Yeah, boom, smash it out of the park. Which means I want that plus to hit. I want all of my attacks to go through because sometimes I can't make them all hit. Similarly, like when I get hit, I want to have all of my saves made. So I just think that works. That's one of those things that we should talk about. Uh, you want to see my meat and potatoes on the table? <laughs> I'm not sure that'll help. <laughs> I would say doubling hits is uh, better than a 25% increase, uh, says Tavani. Uh, yeah, I understand there's some real good math in there. Like, I get it. But I'm more... So you when you go beyond the math of increasing the effectiveness of a unit, let's say from fives to fours, I more mean that what you really want is you want to like totally produce the output that's available to you over have a marked increase on a unit like because you'll get i just think you're getting a better return is what i'm saying like you're not mass wise you're getting effect wise and that's a bit hard for me to explain but i think you you generally get like a a total reward more than an overarching reward on shooting units though way better plus one to hit like going from five to four is cool really into that um, uh, and Tarquinex, I, I understand your point as well. Like, I, I, I get that, like, fives to fours, I get what you're all saying. Like, I do, I, and I also know if we, like, run the maths, it makes units better. 
like there's a diminishing return on threes to twos. Yeah, but when you get into like a specifically also units that are threes are already probably doing pretty good damage. You don't have a bunch of high volume attacks that's damage two, and you're like, yes, now I'm hitting on fours. Normally, your damage two, damage three stuff is hitting on threes, and now it's hitting on twos, which means you're getting more of that big damage through. But that's like a side point. Like I and I, I hear where you all. It does depend on the unit. Super good. Um. Uh, love this four minutes of Rob going no shit Sherlock twos about the fours. Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then everyone in the chat being like, actually, fours are better than fives. Yes. <laughs> uh, basically, Rob is saying, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I just, that's what I think. We'll see whether or not it turns out. If we take the Cruel Boys, for example, for the Battle Line units, have I got the War Scrolls? Can we compare them? Can we talk about this? Because I'd love to, if you guys are game. Because I'd like to talk about this a lot. Um, and, I, and maybe you guys could change my mind. So hold on, let me just get these up as uh, things for us to talk about. So there's the cruel boys, and then let's get the Sotom cast. I keep saying these things wrong as well. They're not vindicators, are they? Someone said it was triggering me. Vindictors. Fuck. I was fucking myself up there. Um, uh, stop it, Adam. Shut up. Um, uh, right, okay. Uh, Fives are better than sixes. Right, okay. Right, I'm so excited to get some games in. Me too, Chris Danish. Oh, boy. Right, so the Vindictors. Okay. They're 140 points. Yeah, let's get this right. Versus the 180 points. Yeah, and I was talking about this today in the Cruel Boys chat, and I was like, I just don't know how I feel. Okay, 140 points. And obviously, we don't know all of the allegiances and abilities and whatever. Of course not. We do know that we can heal these back, but we'll just talk about them with the core rules in effect and the allegiance abilities that we know, right? Uh, because they're cruel to people playing them. Yeah, Vin Nice Dictators. <laughs> right. So the Vindictors. Vindictors. Um, they do, thank you, Bristol Art, they do do mortal wounds on death, of course. Right. So they've got their Storm Spears, which is 2-inch range, right? So And they're a battle line unit, which means you can go to a maximum unit of 15, okay? But we'll just start with the 5. So the 5 don't have the same board presence as a unit of 10 Gut Rippers that we're comparing them to. So there's the Gut Rippers and the Vindictors, right? Now, the Vindictors have got those two attacks, 3s, threes, 3s, threes, Rend 1, Damage 1. So it's that Rend 1 that's so good, but the fact that they hit on 3s. So you can hit, make them hit on twos really easy. And they've got three up armor saves, so they can go to a two up armor save. So it's much less likely that you're going to kill them at all, right? Like, that's, that's generally how it works. So whereas the Gut Rippers have got two wounds apiece, so they're the same. They've got a five up save, which you can turn into a four up save with uh, all-out defense. And you can situationally, situationally make them minus one to hit. Now, they've also got two-inch range on their attacks, and they've got two attacks each. But they hit on fours, they wound on fours, and they've got no rend. So, yeah, you're doing 20 attacks, right? Or 21 attacks with the boss man. We'll just call it 20 for some quick, simple math. Which means you're already... You, you, you're doing five... Uh, you're giving them five dice to roll against their saves, right? And on a four-up save, they're saving two or three. So you're doing two damage against a four-up armor save. In fact, if you're attacking the Vindictors, 
you're not even doing that. You're doing two damage. Now, that doesn't take into account the mortal wounds, which is three. You're doing three mortal wounds. So you're doing three mortal wounds, which I have to take out of the hits. Fuck. Ten, seven. So then you're roll, rolling seven wound dice. So four, let's be average. Then against the Vindictors, one. So you're doing four wounds, including the mortal wounds, from the Gut Rippers into the Vindictors, right? So you've killed two. That's what you're doing. You've killed two of them, right? And then the Vindictors, if they get to strike first, uh, they're doing ten attacks. Uh, they're doing mortal wounds on sixes to hit on average one. Um, and then that's one out of their seven uh, that they hit with. So six, threes, two... Um, uh, so three wounds and Ren 1 takes them to a 6 up save so they're doing about 4 back right so so it's about equal they're doing about equal damage to each other 4 and 4 right 4 and 4 to each other um, but once you give them plus 1 to hit the Vindictors are just doing more damage into the other guys I don't know if the I don't know if the Gut Rippers are even doing more damage and if you give them plus 1 save on the Vindictors in that matchup then the Gut Rippers do almost no damage Right, but there's a forty point difference, and you can't heal these guys back. I just can't see. And then, and then, unfortunately, as soon as I've killed my two cruel boys, so they, um, yeah, so I've killed two of them. And if they're, as long as they're not near the hero, they're just going to run away because they're bravery five. So now they're going to run. Um, they're going to start running on a three, four, and, uh, sorry, a four, five, and six. So with like an additional three of them could run away in combat. So I've got to have the hero next to them all the time. And then, uh, anyway, I just don't think that... And these guys are 40 points more expensive. Um, so, yeah. Uh, no, because all the damage comes to the mauls. A scary shield with nostalgia painting. <laughs> um, is Games Rich running out of ideas? Well, yeah, so they, yeah, they do mortal wounds. So the Vindictors also do mortal wounds in combat so like the key ability or the allegiance ability for the cruel boys is the same the vindictors have that in addition right um so yeah i just i'm a really disappointed with the gut rippers because i really want to run more of them but they're 20 wounds so i'm hoping and someone's going to say well rob you can make the mortal wounds happen on fives that's really nice i get that i'd also like to see a command ability or a sub faction where they get an additional attack per gut ripper taking them up to three attacks each i think then they're really good um really good is strong because that bravery one of the interesting things about bravery here like we don't talk about enough in age of sigma and that's something that's super worth talking about um is uh in this situation i'm paying an additional 100 and so i'm paying an additional what is it 140 points base for the gut rippers character what's he how much does he cost cruel boys uh points so if i'm going for the killer boss with stack grab i'm paying 140 points to make this 180 point unit not run not fail battleshock tests which i mean is worthwhile i'm gonna absolutely have to take it and then if i want to make my swamp if i want to make them do mortal wounds on fives i have to pay uh for a swamp call a shaman and that's going to cost me how much is that going to cost me uh, 100 that's nice it's 125 points that's good but i give up all my casting whereas if i'm a unit of wardens hopefully they're going up in points because they're 140 points they're probably what we should compare them to a unit of wardens they can just make they don't need to pay 125 points to give them mortal wounds on fives they just do it as a unit they don't need to do that 
So they're already 125 points up. In fact, they're almost an additional 10 Wardens better than the Gut Rippers because you don't need to pay for them. Similarly, like you pay for a Cathlar because you pay for a Cathlar anyway, so they can kind of avoid Battleshock, although they've got nice bravery anyway. Um, but yeah. And then Battleshock hurts, hurts these guys more because they're two wounds. I, I'm just a bit sad about them, is what I'm going to say. Whereas I think the Vindictors are incredible. Like, I could comfortably see people running, like, two units of 15, like, 100%. Two units of, like, just beefy, like, like these would be so... Especially with the healing that's weirdly in Stormcast now. So with the returning models into the unit, putting them on, man, love that. Um... Rob, you can't, uh, the champion of the unit, do the ignore Battleshock command. Uh, champion of the unit, do the... Yeah, you can. You could do that. Uh, it's super frustrating that the Shaman has not, uh, has not got to cast a spell to give them the extra potion effect, uh, but the Star Priest get to do their staff and spell. Yes, they do, Pete. They get to do the staff and the spell in addition, so it's just good. Uh, so, T-Man Cash says, Gut Rippers based on just the War Scroll and Legion should be about 110, 120 for 10 compared to Lumineth, Realm Wards, etc. Yeah. Now, obviously, the, the kind of point of contention that people bring up is, Rob, all of the points are going up. Uh, which I'll say, is Kragnos? Is Kragnos going up points? That's what I'll say. Is Kragnos going up points? Um, but everyone is saying, of course, um, they're going to put points up for all of the units. Uh, and we might even see War Scroll changes, and we might even see Allegiance ability changes. So it, it might be like a whole new edition via PDFs or whatever um, when we see the updates, and that's huge. Um, so they might be more relative. Whereas, like, so, you know, I mean, if I was pointing Wardens versus um, Gut Rippers, Wardens are at least 180 to 200 points compared to Gut Rippers, if Gut Rippers are the base. And so Gut Rippers are a pretty good base. They're a five-up save, and they're two wounds. Oh, also let's talk about projecting power. This is really important. Projecting power is also really important on the tabletop as well. So I've got unit Gut Rippers, they move five inches and they charge 2d6. So the best I've got so far is a five in is a 17-inch threat range. Of course, Stormcast with the Vindictors, they can just deploy off the board drop down nine inches away and they've got the character that can make it so that they've got a seven inch not a nine inch charge and you can obviously re-roll that charge so their threat range is basically seven inches um but no that's wrong bought infinite infinite plus a seven re-rollable that's one um so yeah the like, you would expect everything to have to go up a lot. And the other thing is, is these are the battle line units for for the Cruel Boys, the Gut Rippers. Like, I really, like, again, I desperately want them to be good, which is why I'm having the conversation with you guys, because I'm trying to, like, make it work for me in my head. So I get 20 wounds on a 5-up save that's low bravery, so I have to babysit them. They're not fast, so I have to move into the mid-board, just hoping someone won't charge me first, because I've only got a 5-up armor save, Right? There is a nice little bit of counterplay that what I could do is move up. You guys get within three inches of me which, with whichever your army you've got. Like a Frostborn Stonehorn. That's fucking terrifying for these guys. Then I've, got the, I've summoned the Misty Bog, so you're reducing your charges by one. So now you've got to roll a four up. And I've used the command ability to run away. So it's, uh, it's a four plus D6. So the, I could hopefully get ten inches away. On averages, I'll get seven away. So then you might not charge me, and then I can charge you in the next turn, is my hope. <laughs> it's a 
in hope is what I'm gonna say. Um uh so yeah, most people are only uh uh most people are only bravery six, five isn't that low. Now most people aren't bravery five. Five is very different on a big unit that's got two wounds apiece. Yeah, these guys are bad. Have the points always stayed the same between the core box and the battalions coming out? Just curiosity. Now, actually, Rob Kelly, that's a really good point. And in Indomitus, they did change around a little bit, but that's mainly because of outcry, because they didn't really understand what plus one to saving rolls meant. Um, and so they accidentally broke Blade Guard. So we might see some changes. Uh, um, I do like that some armies have a weakness to Brattle Shock. That's fine. Draconda, but then why, like, because then you say to yourself, okay, they're a horde army, right? I'm taking loads of them, right? I've got 20 wounds of dudes. I'm going to have lots. So then, um, but then they're 180 points. Three eels are 180 points, and they would kick their ass. Like, that's that's a bit of a problem. And also, because they move faster, or, or they can deep strike, they get to choose to kick their ass. That's the kind of, uh, the situation. Um, I do like some armies. Uh, good plan. I just hope to have a double turn. <laughs> yeah. Hey, pure hybrid. Uh, sorry to new AOS. Does this mean people are expecting points to go up for the GHP or in the GHP? Yes, they. we are expecting that. JP, they may have a lot more allegiance abilities to look up. Uh, look at the Lumineth book. JP, I'm with you. And I'm, and I'm hopeful. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. If you just compare them to Wardens, though, as a base unit, you would have to have a lot of allegiance abilities and sub-faction abilities to make up for the shortfall in points inefficiency between the Gut Rippers and, let's say, something like Wardens or Phoenix Guard or Hammerers, even, for fuck's sake. Like, you know, you would have, like, there, there's a points efficiency uh, de deficiency. It's too many words. That's bad. But there's a, there's a, there's a weakness, and I'm hoping we see that go up. Um, uh, and it's going to have to be a lot of they're also going to have to be a lot of static buffs because if you're paying for the buffs, like with a Swamp Caller or with uh, the Boss Man, if you're paying for the buffs on top of, then you're reducing again your army efficiency and you're making actually the points discrepancy between the Gut Rippers and everything else worse by having to invest more points in it. Um, so I'm, I'm very hopeful. Very, very hopeful. Um, but I'm probably just going to run 200 Obgrots, like Nathan has said. Uh, so there we go. Uh, are you going to do my shout out from yesterday? Talk on it. I don't know what the shout is, bro. Let me know. Uh, Rob Kelly, but eels will kick their ass. Uh, AOS is not sure. I mean, loads of things would kick their ass. Gorg runners, they move faster. Uh, <laughs> bigger thing. <laughs> um, uh, solution, put eels points up. 100% agreed. He's been saying it for three years. I did like it when the unrendable Bacillon came out. The designer said working as intended. When 40k did the Storm Shield thing, they fixed it. Is it telling that in AOS 3, Rend can now work on Bacillons? Uh, yeah, I think that they're just prideful. They just, they're like, oh, we didn't get this wrong. Um, so I just think the AOS designers or whoever's in charge of product development for agency has just got too much pride. Um, an obstinately ignorant buffoon uh, is the job role, I think, for, for, for listening to the community feedback. Uh, it was you, Rob, for being beautiful human and chatting to us all. Oh, for fuck's sake, Tarkin X, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I am going to talk to you guys for three more years. Four more years. All of it. All of it. Right, I'm running out of steam now, so I'm going to... And I've not done any painting. And if I don't any more painting, I'm fucking screwed. Because uh, there's loads of people turn up the weekend to play Warhammer. And I'm very excited about them having a good time. 
which is really unhelpful that the new edition came out at the same time as having to do all this because I would just talk about this all day, which is going to be very fun. Um, anyway, love to you all. You're all great. Uh, and I hope you've enjoyed today. More tomorrow, our 40K show on Thursday night with Nick and Tom, the wonders that are. Looking forward to it. Um, uh, it's been really fun talking to you guys, and I hope you're well. Uh, I'll also, we'll be live every day, basically, so that's going to be fun. Uh, it might be a bit tricky around the weekend because obviously I'll be running the event at the same time, but I'm pretty certain I'm still doing a Saturday and Sunday show. Um, uh, you know, if the same guy would have done this book, part of the plan would have been the Allegiance of Elite. Yeah, you're right, 100%. Uh, anyway, uh, you're all great. Uh, I hope you stay well, stay healthy, look after yourselves. Uh, just um, I, if you're excited or disappointed, any of those things, don't forget being disappointed is super healthy. It's the counterpoint to being excited. If you weren't ever excited about anything, you could never be disappointed about something. If you're never disappointed, you can never be excited. So if you do feel disappointment, it's a healthy thing to do, but maybe pr process it in a good way by like, I don't know, uh, go and find something that you do enjoy, but you're allowed to be upset or disappointed by things. Um, same, be excited and, and, and love you all tons. Have a nice day. Thanks for listening to Tons Gamer. We'll see you soon. Thank you.